0: Yo, what is going on everyone, my name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going in depth into my week number 15, tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside of today's video, we're going in depth through every single matchup on the week and I'll be telling you guys whether I believe that you should be starting or sitting the tight end in all of those games. But before we get on into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at Notorious FNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 15 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Los Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, when it comes to Gerald Everett, originally, just a couple of seconds before I hit record, I had him listed as a sit because while he did see his highest amount of targets on the season with eight, turning that into five receptions for 39 yards last week with Easton stick under center for the rest of the season because Justin the Herbert, the perverts finger is messed up. I thought that, hey, while Easton Stick might feed the ball to Everett, I just don't know how reliable that will be with Keenan Allen in the lineup. But now Keenan Allen is out this week. So that made me do a complete and utter 180 from Gerald Everett being a sit into being a start. Now, there is definitely a solid chance that Gerald Everett is just fool's gold, right? He got his eight targets last week, and then he goes back to getting his normal four or five right? And even the absence of Keenan Allen doesn't do much to help him. There's also an argument to be made that maybe Keenan Allen is a certified Smash Hulk style this week. So Gerald Everett's going to be listed as a start for me. He is not the most ideal start, but I think without Keenan Allen, he should at least get a solid amount of targets. Michael Mayer's a sit. There was a point in this season where Michael Mayer looked like he was going to potentially be a very fantasy relevant tight end, but that time has passed. He is now a two to four target a weak guy on an offense that sucks, so there's no need to play Michael Mayer. Next up, we move to the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals, the first game on Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So when it comes to the Vikings, despite the fact that the Vikings versus Raiders game last week put half of America to sleep, Hawkinson was still fine with five receptions on eight targets for 53 yards. Now, 9-inch Nick Mullins is under center, not Joshua Dobbs, and I am unsure on how this will change hawkinson's production but what i do know is that even if me or one of you guys were the starting quarterback for the vikings i would still have hawkinson ranked as a top five option so again while there might be a little bit more unknown for tj hawkinson this week i definitely do believe he should still be in your lineup now when it comes to tanner hudson he has been a very under the radar start in my opinion Now, the reason why I say under the radar is because no one typically has him ranked as a top 18 tight end, and he just continues to do that ever since he started to become the starting tight end on the team. He has been a top 18 tight end in five of six games. Now, he is a low-volume tight end, right? I don't magically expect Hudson to get 8 to 10 targets or something straight-up fucking ridiculous, and you do need to pray for a touchdown in order for him to have a really good game, but with how volatile the tight end position is, Hudson is a good bet to get you 8 to 12 points weekly, and if Browning keeps on cooking, he could outperform that. He is still a fringe start, but I definitely do like Tanner Hudson. Next up, we move to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, 4.30 p.m. EST on Saturday. Now, Kylan Granson has shown up four separate times this season as a top 14 tight end for the Colts. But every single other game, he was nowhere near the top 20. He's nowhere near the top 30. So he's either going to have a hell of a game and shock every single person or shit the bed. This week, going up against the Steelers defense, that sure, they gave up two touchdowns last week to Hunter Henry. I just do not feel that will be the case with Granson. He is a clear sit. Now, Pat Fryermuth saw a solid amount of targets last week against the Patriots on Thursday night football with seven, though he turned those seven targets into three receptions for 18 yards. It did really feel like two weeks ago when Friar was the tight end number one in fantasy football in Cincy that maybe he would be able to cowabunga, right, finish super strong to the end of the season, but that does not appear to be the case. Friar is slightly above the fringe start range just due to the fact that he is very talented, but at the end of the day, day due to the situation being so dog shit with Mitch Trubisky under center, Friarmouth is not the most ideal option. Next up, we move to a matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Detroit Lions Saturday, 8.15 p.m. EST. Now, just like the Lions offense last week, Sam Laporta shit the bed. He had just Five fantasy points. We've come accustomed to Sam Laporta being like a 10 plus point guy every single week. So him scoring just five fantasy points definitely left me shook. Right? He still had his six targets but he only had two receptions for 23 yards. Now, regardless of how dog shit Sam Laporta was last week, he is still a must-start tight end in fantasy football and will be ranked inside of my top five. Adam Troutman, the fish man, should be the starting tight end again. I know that they elevated Dulcich, so maybe Dulcich plays, but either way, whether it's Dulcich or Troutman, it doesn't fucking matter because you're not going to start him. Troutman had his second good game of the season last week in LA against the Chargers, both games in which he had a solid game. He scored a touchdown. I get that the Lions defense is no bueno. But when you have a guy that will get like three targets a game, you don't even want to chance it. Next up, we move to the beginning of the Sunday slate, the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. Now, both tight ends in this matchup are going to be starts. Cole Komet has now had back-to-back games as a top 10 tight end. And I believe that he'll be able to replicate exactly that this week. Last week, up against the Lions, he had five receptions on seven targets for 66 yards with Fields looking like his old self at this point in the season, that definitely points to Komet being a very reliable starter for the remainder of the fantasy football playoffs as a whole. I get this Bears matchup up against the Browns. You know, that Browns defense is rock solid, but the Browns actually aren't the best up against the tight end. So at the very least, I think Komet should be a top 12 guy this week, David Njoku had his best game on the season last week. He was hitting the Jaguars with the back shots. He hit them with the fucking Triple H pedigree. Six receptions on eight targets for 91 yards and not one, but two touchdowns in that game is the tight end number two with 27 fantasy points going against the Bears defense. I do expect him to obviously not score like 25 fucking points again, but he should be able to still be a top 10 tight end and that is good enough For me. Next up, we move to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Now, Tucker Kraft Mac and Cheese has looked solid as the starting tight end of the Packers. Obviously, it's not like Kraft is the second Rob Gronkowski, the second coming of any great tight end in the NFL, right? He's not the next Hawkinson. He's not the next Kittle. He's not the next Kelsey, right? But he still looks decent enough to. Just barely crack your lineup, right? Up against the Giants, he went 4 for 4 like he was at Wendy's for 64 yards. His uptick in targets is definitely positive towards me, feeling a little bit safer about him. Again, he still remains in the fringe start range, but there are a lot worse options than Tucker Craft. Cade Otten has been one of the most reliable tight ends in fantasy football this season. Now, when I say reliable, I don't mean he's reliably a top 5, top 10 option, but reliably he gets you 9 to 12 points every single week. And again, when the tight end position is as volatile as it is this season, a lot of the times I would rather just wrap my team in that Trojan, right? And feel very confident that, hey, I'm getting these 9 to 12 points a week. Sure, it won't take me over the top, won't take me up the top ropes, hit him with an RKO 619, Rey Mysterio, anything like that, but K-Dotten is good enough to keep my head floating above water. So again, while he won't win you your week, he'll stop you from getting smoked against the Packers defense. He's a fringe start, but he is one of the safer fringe starts in my opinion. Next up, we move to the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Now, Chig has definitely seen a seen a ramp up in terms of targets as of recently in this Tennessee Titans offense, and that is great for him, but I still don't feel very confident in Shig as he hasn't scored a touchdown all season long, and with how run heavy this offense is inside the red zone with Derrick Henry, aka Tractor Cito, it just seems like a situation that you want to avoid. Now, I understand when it comes to Dalton Schultz, he's coming back off of an injury, and that might scare people. What also might scare people is the fact that CJ Stroud will like, be on the bench and that will mean that Davis Mills will be the starting quarterback but based upon what we have seen this season if Schultz is healthy enough to play you have to play him now he's missed the last two games with a strained hamstring. But if you guys do remember, he has been a very, very, very safe tight end this season outside the first couple of weeks. Now, again, I fully understand that a lot of games, especially last year for Davis Mills, right? He looked pretty good in 2021. Then 2022, he was looking like fucking Stevie Wonder out there. I understand he's not the best quarterback on earth, but with Nico Collins, most likely out with Tank Dell, definitely out, There are a lot of targets that need to go somewhere, and they could easily get force-fed down the throat of Dalton Schultz. So I won't quit on him just because the quarterback change. I still like Dalton Schultz. Next up, we move to the New York Jumbo Jets at the Miami Dolphins. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well as hitting that like button down below would help me out a ton. So Dolphins versus the Jets, this could be a fun one. The Dolphins just... Absolutely threw the game away against the Titans. The Jets looking way better with Zach Wilson under center. So this is a AFC East division rivalry matchup. This could be a close game. Now, while it might be a fun game to watch on Sunday, what isn't fun is really the tight end play in this game. Durham Smythe is a 0-3 to three target guy any given week, and that is all I really need to tell you for you to know that you should not be starting him. He hasn't scored a touchdown all year and has had multiple games without a target. To me, even if Tyreek misses, there's no need to get cute and play Durham Smythe. Conklin looked his best. He has in a while last week due to Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter, being back under center. Racking in four receptions on six targets for 57 yards. And while the Dolphins matchup against the tight ends, right, is actually very solid. I do just feel as though that there are a lot better options at tight end this week that I've listed as starts kind of list leaving Conklin kind of chilling in the cuck chair, right, as the odd man out. Next up, we move to the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Now, Travis Kelsey has been in a bit of a slump recently for what you expect out of him. Now, most tight ends would kill to put up the numbers that Kelsey has put up recently, but when it's Travis Kelsey you're talking about, you're expecting better. Now, again, I'm not saying that Kelsey has sold you up the fucking river or anything, but he definitely hasn't lived up to the expectations that most fantasy owners put on him over the last couple of weeks. And he has been in a dry spell in terms of scoring touchdowns, but I expect him to break out of that this week in Foxborough. Last week, he had six receptions on 10 targets for 83 yards up against the Buffalo Bills. He is a must start tight end every single week. If you play in one league and Kelsey's your starting tight end, then you probably didn't even have to watch today's video. Hunter Henry found the end zone, not once, but twice, double time last week up against the Steelers in prime time, Thursday night football a game that everyone thought would suck donkey cock, but was actually pretty fun. He had three targets in that game for three receptions and 40 yards with those two touchdowns as the tight end four. And yes, that was fun. That was cool and all. And maybe Zappy will look to feed him more than Mac Jones did. But when push comes to shove up against a defense that's pretty solid up against the tight end in the Chiefs, I would rather just let Henry ride the pine. Next up, we move to the New York football Giants. At the New Orleans Saints. Now there are reports that Darren Waller. May be back this week. For the Giants. And that could. While I know Darren Waller sucked ass this year. Darren Waller was a big fat bust. But maybe with Tommy DeVito. That he could end up as a late season. League winner. Now again. I'm not saying that's a guarantee. Because we haven't seen DeVito. Feed the tight end position. But. Daniel Bellinger, Darren Waller, there's levels to the shit. Darren Waller's way better than Daniel Bellinger. Now, even if Waller was to play... I would be watching from afar with binoculars on, right? Leave him on the bench and just watch and see what happens. If he doesn't play, then Bellinger will be the starting tight end. And in that case, he would be an obvious sit. For the Saints, Hill did return to practice today. And anytime, in my opinion, you can play Taysom based upon how good he's looked this season. I am going to do it. Now, we talk all the time. We have talked about it a couple times this video, just how volatile the tight end position is in fantasy football. So I am always going to be willing to take take. take that risk, right, to plunge into the deep end here without knowing how to swim and starting Taysom Hill because of the immense amount of upside he has. Now, I understand that Taysom Hill could completely blow up on my face. He could completely suck ass this week, score two fantasy points, right? But there are no tight ends in the NFL that can throw the ball, catch the ball, and fucking run the ball all in the same game. This guy could get three touchdowns, one passing, one receiving, one rushing touchdown, right? Now, again, I'm not trying to give him the gawk gawk 9,000 special here, right? I don't need to do that. Everyone knows how good Taysom Hill can be. We also understand how risky he is. But for me, in the fantasy football playoffs, most of the time, I'm willing to take that risk, right? you need to win. So instead of wrapping a condom around my team, I'm going to play Taysom Hill, who I think could be the tight end one any given week. Then we got another tight end in New Orleans, and that's Juwan Johnson. Now, despite the absence of Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson's thrown on the invisibility cloak and has completely disappeared, right? He's put that fucking paint on him like PETA in the Hunger Games. He's disappeared, man. I still think Juwan is talented, but talent doesn't always mean you get fantasy points, right? Just ask Jackson Smith in the jigbo We all know that isn't the case. Next up, we move, or you could even ask Kyle Pitts, Atlanta Falcons at the Care-O line of Panthers. If you guys have enjoyed today's video this far again, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. So Kyle Pitts has been a top 12 tight end in back-to-back weeks, and just saying that made a little bit of blood flow downstairs if you catch my drift. Last week, he scored his second touchdown on the year on six targets with three receptions and 57 Yards. I am playing Pitts when this motherfucker was scoring four fantasy points, so I'm going to play him when he's on fire right now, especially up against a Panthers defense that I believe is straight up trash. Jadu Smith has really fallen off as of recently, so he doesn't even get a graphic of his own. I know he had seven targets last week, but at this point in the season, that really feels like an anomaly for Tommy Tremble and the Panthers. All of these Panthers tight ends are going to be a sit. Tommy make that ass Tremble has been the star. Starting tight end in the absence of Hayden Hurst. Now, Hurst is yet to practice this week, and after being diagnosed with a terrible thing, post traumatic amnesia, a bit ago after that crazy hit he took all those weeks ago, I don't think he'll play on Sunday. Now, there are reports that he's trying to come back, so you know, come back at your own pace if you need to come back. You know, I'm not a fucking doctor, I don't pretend to be one. So, regardless of who the starter is, though, even if it's Hayden Hurst. With how dog shit this offense is, you just can't start them. Next up, we move to the start of the four o'clock slate. And before we break down the four o'clock slate, then Sunday night football, then Monday night football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the whole entire universe for the NFL, and they have a great offer for you guys today. That we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, right after I explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So we we'll are be talking about one of the Saturday games here, the Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, and we have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So they have a bunch of games up right now as we get later on into the week. There are going to be more players to Choose from, So we're going to go with in this game Steelers at Colts lower than 195 and a half passing yards for Trubisky. And we are going to go with higher than 79 and a half receiving yards for Michael Pittman. If both of these hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you do $5, you'll get out $15. If you do three picks, then it would be six times your entry fee. 4 picks is 10 times and 5 picks is 20 times assuming all the picks hit. If you live in one of these states on your screen right now and use promo code notorious fantasy or notorious or click on the link in the video description, if you are a new user, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 if you deposit 100, they give you an additional 100, 50 additional 50, 25 additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Commanders at Rams. Now, I am a huge Logan Thomas fan. I am a big Logan Thomas guy, but his targets have been dipping big time. They have been going down the drain, back-to-back weeks with five or fewer points. And while it does hurt me to say this and say that he's a sit with how many other tight ends there are, I think I'd rather just leave Logan Thomas on the bench this week. And now that I say that right now that I'm letting him out on his own, he's going to go for like 25 fucking points and kick me directly in the teeth. Tyler Higbee missed last week with a neck injury. And if he misses yet again, then Davis Allen will be the starting tight end. Sounds like a user generated name, like an AI generated name, like the random tight end that you draft in your Madden franchise eight years down the road. That's Davis Allen Higbee has had one blow-up game this season, right? It was week 12 against the Cardinals in Arizona. He scores two touchdowns, 20 fantasy points. And then... Right after that, everyone gets down on their knees and they're just fucking slurping on this guy's nuts, right? They are loving every bit of it. Despite the fact that Higby was terrible all offseason, or not all offseason, all season, he was terrible. And then people are like, oh my god, it's week 13, now we gotta play him. And guess what? He was a dud again. He has been nothing but a dud outside of that one big game. So there's no reason to get cute and play him, even up against the Commander's defense. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, George Kittle is one of those guys that we always talk about as the quintessential boom or bust tight end, right? George Kittle normally is either on top of the world, just dropping his nuts in the mouth of the defense, being a top three tight end, sometimes even dropping 30 plus fantasy points, right? It takes like a whole team to take him down. He goes crazy or he's invisible, right? John Cena, you can't see me. But with all that said, I get that he is not the safest bet on earth, but his upside is bigger, one of those tall-ass buildings in Dubai, right? His ceiling is immense. George Kittle could easily be the tight end one this week, especially up against the Cardinals' defense. It might take half the fucking defense, six men, to stop this guy. I know technically half the defense would be five and a half, but unless Kyler plays defense, you can't get half a guy. So George Kittle should be chef's kiss week this week for the Arizona Cardinals. McBride is definitely facing a tough matchup, right? This is going to be a tough test for him, right? How will he perform up against arguably one of the best three defenses in the NFL, maybe even the best defense in the opinion of some. With that said, though, McBride gets so many targets that I think even if He has a down game. He's still going to fall ass backwards into being a top eight guy. Last time out, prior to the bye, he faced a tough defense, the Steelers, and had eight receptions on nine targets for 89 yards and a score. Now, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to start uh, to score a touchdown based on everything that I've just said. You should have known that, right? But again, am I really going to bench Trey McBride in the fantasy playoffs? Fuck no, baby. Next up, we move to the Dallas Cowboys at the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. A very interesting game. Will Dallas prove to be maybe the best team in the NFL? Or are the Bills going to become a playoff contender? Are the Bills going to become a team that maybe wins the AFC East if my Dolphins just collapse as per usual? We shall see. Jake Ferguson has had back-to-back Fergalicious back-to-back weeks as a top 10 tight end. Last week against Philly, he was the tight end number nine with five receptions on eight targets for 72 yards. Going up against the Buffalo Bills, I believe that Ferguson will have a huge game yet again. He is a must-start tight end in my humble opinion. Dalton Kincaid did have a down game last week, but still saw his normal amount of targets, right? It's not like Dawson Knox coming back completely devalued Dalton Kincaid. He had five receptions on eight targets for 21 yards in Kansas City. Now, again, I get that Knox coming back will make people start to shiver, make people start to worry a little bit. But for me, I don't think there is any reason to panic. Next up, we move to, cause you're waiting all day for Sunday night. The Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Evan Ingram has been a top two tight end in back to back weeks, and he officially broke that scoring drought. He didn't score until two weeks ago, and now he scored three. Three touchdowns over the last two games. Last week in Cleveland, he gave the Browns a Cleveland steamer. He absolutely kicked their teeth in. He curb stomped them. This was a massacre at the hands of Evan Ingram. Now I get the Jaguars offense looked a little, little not so hot because Trevor Lawrence was throwing more fucking picks than normal through three But when push came to shove, Evan Ingram still played great against the Browns. He had 33 fantasy points. If you told me a couple years ago with how much Evan Ingram was dropping the ball that he scored 33 points in fantasy football, I would have told you you were insane. 12 targets. 11 receptions, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. At this point, he should be widely considered a top six tight end. He is one of the most consistent tight ends in fantasy football. And I know, oh my God, the Ravens defense this, the Ravens defense that. If you sit Evan Ingram this week, you're cruising for bruising. Now, Isaiah likely had his best game of the season last week with five receptions on seven targets for 83 yards and a touchdown. Now, I know that most weeks he is fool's gold, right? Ever since he went down... Ever since Andrews went down, it was like, oh, we're going to start likely. And everyone really talks him up. They, get, they have big talk, right? Tough talk for a fellow with a small cock, if anyone's ever seen that video. But yeah, real tough talk for him. And then he always lets us down. But last week, he really sparked up and. Lamar really likes throwing him the ball, so I, I think he should be a top 10 tight end this week. Final game here, Monday Night Football, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I say this every single week about Noah Fant, so I'm not going to sit here and waste your time explaining it again. Right? I'm going to give you the... What is that called? Like the too long didn't read there's another word for it like something I used to read like in high school when you didn't want to actually read the book and you just go on this website and it basically just summarizes what happened so you didn't have to read like 20 fucking pages for some reason at night because they wanted you to read a a million pages of a book every single night and it's going to piss me off that I don't remember because I know the second I'm editing this video I'll be like oh my god it's called this cliff notes is what it's called you stupid bastard so cliff notes version and we just took up so much time Every single week, the Seahawks use so many tight ends. They have DK, they have JSN, and they have Lockett. Fant is basically just iced out of touches, so he's a sit. Dallas Goddard was underwhelming in his game back, but that has been the story of Dallas Goddard's season. Underwhelming, not living up to expectations, really. So four receptions on four targets for 30 yards. Again, I'm not going to slander him. He's still on one of the better offense in the NFL. He's still the starting tight end on that team. So you got to rank him as a top 18 guy. But since he's been a letdown all year long, I just can't rank him very high. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did not up enjoying today's video, please make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my Patreon, it's got my weekly rankings on there. That'll be posted tomorrow on Thursday. I also answer every question that is posted on there, either DM to me or on the question thread. So make sure you guys check that out. Link in the video description for $7.50. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now if you haven't seen them already. Again, love you guys all so much. See you guys tomorrow. As always, good boy!